You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Manchester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. So we are in the middle of a series called The the Song of Ascents, the songs for the road. And um, we all know that you need tunes when you're on the road. When you're on a journey, you need some tunes. And the same thing about these guys, these guys, the Israelites on a journey and they need tunes. And so they've got these songs of ascent to get them ready for when they go into Jerusalem to worship. Three times every year, they do these annual festivals where everybody picks up sticks and they, they get themselves sorted and they commit to a journey to Jerusalem. But not all journeys are created equal. There are some journeys that you just don't wanna go on. You know what I'm saying? And for you, I don't know, if that could be that journey to school or it could be that journey to work. I don't know. But the best journey ever is the journey home. I love that feeling of going home. When I was at university, I went to a university that was a 10 hour drive from my home. And so when we broke for the spring or for just even at the end of the year, I would have to pack up my car and I would have to just do that 10 hour journey home. Now, I'm the type of person that I don't like to stop. If I'm in the car and I'm going somewhere, I just wanna get there. You know, so I will not go to the bathroom. I will just hang on until, no, now with a 10 hour journey, as you can imagine, you probably have to fill the car with fuel again. So I'll just stop at the services, fill the petrol, maybe go to the bathroom, but I will get back in the car. I'm not sightseeing. I am not visiting people. I don't wanna know. I don't wanna know about any kind of, you know, tourist attractions. I just wanna get on the road and I wanna go. One of the biggest things that frustrates the life out of me is when I get into the car and I've got a journey to get on and I just wanna get going. And there's no petrol in the car because that's not the journey. I don't wanna go to a petrol station and get petrol. I wanna get on the road. I wanna get going. And so like my family know that there has to be petrol in the car or else mum's not happy. That journey home, I tell you what the best feeling is, is because when I was going home after a, a long term at university and it was busy, it was a busy time for me, I was, uh, I was leading a student, um, a Christian student group as well as doing my studies. And it was a busy, busy time and it was a lot of pressure on me. And so by the time I got to have a break, that feeling of going home, I just knew that I was gonna rest. I just knew that at home was my mum. I just knew that her cooking was there. I knew my bed was there. And I knew that I would have time just to be a zombie for about a week or two while I just restored and recharged and kind of got my, myself together. 
I used to feel spent after every, every year at university. And there are times when you're going home and you just feel tired. You just feel like you've got the day weighing upon you. You've got all of this stuff, but you know that you're going home and you know that it's gonna be rest and it's gonna be peaceful and it's going to be good. And you can get yourself together, recharge for another day. These guys were going home. These songs are about home. Not just a geographical location, but this is about a God in heaven who made His home with His people on earth. They were gonna go to their spiritual home. They were gonna go to their Father. They were going to go and worship. It's not just that God makes His home with His people, but that His people make their home in Him. This is a great journey. Some of them, there were times when the Israelites were exiled. They were not in their home. They were in some other nation. They'd been, you know, they had been taken, that they had been invaded and then taken back to Babylon or taken back to another nation. And then the, the, the guys would be returning from exile, from being displaced, from being out of place. And they would come into Jerusalem. They would be coming home. It's where the displaced find that sense of belonging, that sense of home. This is a good journey. And we're gonna be taking um, this, this psalm called, um, it's called, uh, well, I don't know what's called, but it's it got a number. It's Psalm 127, verse one to five. And it says this, unless the Lord builds a house, the builders labour in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for the food to eat, for food to eat, for He grants sleep to those He loves. Verse three, Children are a heritage from the Lord. Offspring are a reward from Him. Sometimes we just need to read this um, over and over just to remind ourselves. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. It's a great psalm. And uh, it's about, well, it's about things working. You see, I hate when things don't work. It frustrates the life out of me because I don't understand why sometimes things don't work. Now, for those who are under 30, there was a time where we had these machines attached to our televisions called video players. And they were about this big. A video was about this big. Now, I have always loved movies. I'm a, I love movies. I love the experience of going to the cinema. I love movies. It's just one of my favourite things in the whole wide world is to be able to sit down and watch a good movie. And so when I was a teenager and then I would have the house to myself, which didn't happen very often. And you see, back in those days, boys and girls, we only had one television. We didn't have screens, we didn't have iPads, we didn't have everybody can watch their own thing. No, you had to watch one and it was always like, you know, a negotiation of what you're going to watch. 
So when you go, I've got the house to myself, I've got the TV to myself, I'm going to watch a video. And too many times that I'd like to, you know, uh, remember, I'd stick the video player in and you kind of hear that, that whirring sound, like that, and nothing comes up on the screen. It's frustration. It's frustration. And I remember just looking at the back of the video machine, at the cords, looking at the back of the TV and thinking one of these cords is in the wrong place. It's obvious because, you know, this machine's not working. But I don't know which cord goes in which hole. And so what you do is you start pulling out cords, looking at it, looking at holes, and you start shoveling. And like by the end of it, you don't know where anything goes because you've been doing this for ages, thinking, oh, this is going to work, this is going to work, this is going to work. I hate it when things don't work because they're supposed to work. It's supposed to work. But when things are, and you don't know how to fix it. This is a little bit like that, son. It's a little bit like our lives. Have you ever felt like when you feel like something's just not working? You know, it's just frustrating. It's frustrating. It's, 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 you don't know how to fix it. Our lives are often like that. Sometimes an area of our life can be working perfectly, but then another area just feels like hard work. It feels like, you, you know, an uphill kind of slog. It's difficult. Well, this is what the psalm is talking about. Often when something's not working, it means that something's missing. It's like, or something's out of alignment. Or maybe in the construction of something, you've missed a step. You know, we've all, we've all, we've all, we've all been there. I mean, it can be an IKEA flat pack or other companies that are available in terms of flat pack materials. But has anybody ever tried to put one of those things together and then you've got like a piece left over and you're like, I don't know. I don't know where that goes. I don't know if it's important or not. Or you put something in and it's back to front or it's upside down and you've got to pull the whole thing apart in order to make it look right or to make the thing work. We've all been in this situation, whether it's an IKEA flat pack or family or finance or work or our soul, something isn't right. And we do two things when something's not right in our lives. The first thing we do is blame somebody. It's got to be somebody's fault because it's not mine. I am perfect in all ways. So we're like Adam in the garden. That, that woman that you gave me, it's her fault. Your fault, you, you gave it to me. So we blame our spouse, we blame our kids. If it wasn't for these kids, my life would be perfect. You know, we blame the boss, we blame our friends, we blame, somebody has to be to blame. That's the first thing we do. Or the second thing we would often do is we blame the devil. Now, when I was a baby Christian, when I was a baby Christian, I felt like Lucy in Narnia that I'd gone through the wardrobe and I'd come out the other side and I had found a world that was like, oh, 
I never knew this existed. This is all incredible. I learned about the spiritual realm and how there is a spiritual realm and that there are forces, forces that walk, war against the people of God, war against the things of God. And I was like, whoa, I didn't know it all existed. So when I got into my car when I was 17 years of age, having finished my day at school and was about to go home and the key wouldn't turn, I thought, I know what this is. This is a spiritual attack right here. The devil knows that I'm a threat and he doesn't want me to go home. I was like, oh, I got you. I know, I've seen people do this. I know exactly what to do. And I was like rebuking, rebuking. In the name of Jesus, get out of my car. Try the key. Okay. Keep going, pray and just rebuke. I must have been going for about 20 minutes. If anybody was walking past, I think I lost my mind. And I was like, oh, after 20 minutes, I was exhausted. And I just thought, oh, I'll just go to the, the office, call my parents. And I'm walking past the receptionist and she went, sorry if you're still here. And I went, yeah, car won't work. And she went, oh, is the steering wheel lock on? Well, who knew? I didn't know there was a steering wheel lock. <laughs> so sure enough, jiggle it a bit. <laughs> oh, that's embarrassing. <laughs> okay, wasn't the devil. Um, so <laughs> we do those two things. Blame others, maybe blame the enemy. But I want to suggest that could something be missing in your life? or something out of alignment. Or maybe you've missed something, something that was crucial, that needed to be in place in order for your life to work. This is what this Psalm is talking about. In Latin, the first sentence of the, of the, of the Psalm is Nisi Dominus Frustra. Nisi Dominus Frustra in Latin. It's actually the motto for the city of Edinburgh. How cool is that? So on the crest, there's got, without the Lord, frustration. Without the Lord, frustration. So when they were building the city, somebody decided that it was important to put on the crest and all official documents that if they were going to build this city, they needed to remember a crucial truth without the Lord frustration. So it doesn't matter how much you build. It doesn't matter what effort that you put in. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter the wealth that you acquire. It doesn't matter the, the, the expertise and the, and the strength that you have without the Lord frustration. What does this mean without the Lord? Frustration. It means that whatever you do, if the Lord is not at the centre of your life, everything will be in vain. Nothing will be, um, you know, that will, will last. It will be for nothing. Without the Lord, frustration. And it says here in the verse, it says, unless the Lord watches over the city. 
It's guarded in vain. So you could have in your house the latest security measures. You could have the, the top of the range, you know, alarm system. You could have the scariest, angriest, meanest dogs at the gate. And you can feel that you have covered all of your bases. You've got your children protected. You've got your house protected. You've got your belongings protected. You've got your valuables protected. But unless the Lord is at the centre of your house, it is protected in vain. This is crazy. This Psalm is called the Pinnacle Psalm. That means that it's number eight out of 15. There are seven before it and there are seven after it. And the authorship, some think that it was King Solomon who built the temple that, who wrote the Psalm. Others believe it could, it could be King David. I like to think it's King David because I like to think that this is at the centre of 15 songs of ascent. Right in the middle, the King David to his son is saying, son, you're, gonna, you're going to, you're gonna build this house, this house for the Lord, but you need to remember something unless the Lord builds it, it's gonna be in vain. Sometimes we think that Christianity is all about effort. So we understand that when you come into a relationship with God, that is nothing to do with your goodness. We understand that this is grace. This is God's initiative. It's His work. He gives us His cleanness. He gives us His forgiveness. He gives us the faith to believe that He is the Lord. This has got nothing to do with us. But sometimes when we become Christians, that we think that we have to now continue our journey in effort. We're like, ooh, must be good. Ooh, must not sin. And we feel like it's a big effort. Almost like, have you seen those inflatables where you've got this um, rope, bungee rope around you? And the point is that the person who goes the furthest and, and pulls against that, that force that's pulling them back, the furthest wins. And sometimes it feels like in our Christianity, you know, it's like, oh, I've got to get ahead. I've got to be better. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. And it's like all is ever. And we're pulling against this, the sin that maybe is pulling us back and it's just hard work. Can I suggest unless the Lord builds the house, unless the Lord is at the centre, it's all in vain. It's just hard work. It's just pointless. You've got to think not that so much or treadmill maybe, but think travelator. I mean, thank God for travelators in an airport because some of those airports are big. I mean, you need a packed lunch just to get from the gate to arrivals. I'm like, this is it for going forever. And they put these travelators along. And I'm just like, thank goodness for the travelators. And then you've got these people like, I'm going to walk it. They're like, I'm walking. And then you have this secret little like competition, don't you? It's like, you know, power walking now to try and 
catch up to the people on the Travelator, but the people on the Travelator, they're living their best lives. They're like, you know, strolling, but they're going further. Strolling, going further, strolling, going further, with least effort. When the Lord is at the centre, it's like we're doing the same things, but more is achieved further more power because it's the Lord's power in us. He gives us His righteousness. He gives us His power. I want to ask you a question. Is the Lord at the centre? Maybe you're here because somebody brought you or you found us on, on, a, on a search engine. Churches in Manchester and up pop, we popped. And you don't know the Lord. This is what life was supposed to be. The Lord at the centre. Because He gives us the power to know Him and to live for Him. Where's the frustration? Because sometimes we don't even know that we've gone off course a little bit. We don't realise it. You know, when you're going on a journey, if you're just one degree off, you're gonna be like getting to your destination or getting somewhere and going, this is not Jerusalem. How do I get into Babylon? or Timbuktu, I'm not supposed to be here. Sometimes it can be just off by a little bit. Maybe you're thinking it's okay. One, one degree off is okay. Nobody knows. I can mask it. I can hide it. I can gloss over this little bit of compromise in my life. My second point is that I'm gonna finish with this. If the first truth of this Psalm is without the Lord frustration, the second has to be with the Lord legacy. Because it talks about children. And I think it's a change of topic. I think it's a continuation. Unless the Lord builds the house, the labourers labour in vain. It's almost like you get your life in alignment. You get Jesus to be the centre of your life and the overflow or the offspring of that, of that position. Children, biological, adoptive, spiritual. I told you that I was a baby Christian when I was 17. There are many people in this room who are baby Christians, there are yet many who will come to know the Lord, who will be beginning their journey as little baby Christians. And it's in the house, it's in the home. The children are trained, the children are sharpened, the children are shaped, the children are moulded, the children find their identity, the children find their purpose, the children find their confidence, it's in the home. But unless the Lord builds, unless the Lord is at the centre, we're going to be labouring in vain. But when He is, oh, the glorious legacy that outflows. Oh, it's glorious. I remember, um, you know, I, I just want to touch on something. I've, I was thinking about this message, but I was in London this week speaking to the leaders of the HTB network. And I was preaching a message called Never Been This Way Before, which I have preached for many years. I still feel it's relevant 
but it's about when the Israelites go into the Promised Land, they're on the border, they're on the banks of the Jordan River and they're about to go into the Promised Land, having spent 40 years in the wilderness. And I talk about a moment that the, the Israelites went through at the camp, the last camp before they go to the Jordan River. A horrible thing took place, a horrible sin. The Midianite women had seduced the men of Israel to worship their God, the Baal de Peor. And the Baal de Peor was a fertility God. And so it was, it was well, you could imagine. They had to do all sorts of things in order to worship this God. But the Midianite women had been friends. The Midianites had been friends of the Israelites for 40 years. And they choose now? Just before they go into promise, just before they step into the destiny of God's Word, they choose now to seduce the men of Israel. 24,000 people died. 24,000. And the leadership of every man that was seduced was killed to stop the plague. There was a plague that, that hit the camp. And then they go to the Jordan River in mourning, having seen their men die. I wanna land, I wanna land here for a moment because I wanna talk to the men. You see, there's something called cultural Christianity. This is the type of thing that we do. We, we, we're, when we're cultural Christians, it's because we were raised that way. It's something that our parents taught us. And so going to church and reading our Bible and, and you know, and doing all of the things that would come across as, as a Christian lifestyle, they're more cultural rather than a matter of conviction. And so my question to you is, is the Lord the centre of your life? Because the enemy, and there is an enemy, he's not in my car, but he, there is an enemy that wars against your life and walks, wars against the purposes of God on the planet. And if he can take the men, if he can remove the Lord from the centre or never have Him in the centre in the first place, if he can make your life out of alignment, then he has got your legacy. He has got your seed. And my encouragement, to, this, is a, this is a reorientation moment. This Psalm 127 is a reorientation moment. It's about being on the journey and having come so far, but you almost have to like take stock, get your bearings and go, where am I? Am I on track? Am I heading in the right direction? Is the Lord the centre of my life? Because if I'm out of whack, if I'm, if I'm off by just one centimetre, I need to now reset, reorientate. We're in the middle of 21 days of prayer and fasting. We've got our nights of fire this week coming. This is about reorientation. This is about a reset. This is about, Lord, I'm making You the centre of my life. Without the Lord, frustration. You were born in God to live a supernatural life. And the power of the Holy Spirit 
but be not ignorant of the enemy's devices. If he can get you to compromise who you are, who God has called you to just by a little, He'll not only be successful in making you ineffective, but He'll be after your offspring. We're going to have a moment just to to respond to the Word of God. We're going to get the band to worship. Bottom line, is the Lord the centre of your life? Thank you for listening to this Audacious Podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online, every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m. 